welcome back welcome back to season one episode three this is what shayro thinks about it stuff on my mind that forms into words and actually comes out of my mouth today's topics that become thoughts while feeding the hungry if you listen to me before when i feed the hungry that means i'm out delivering food via one of the popular delivery apps <laughs> these are things that come to my mind while i'm out feeding the hungry and one of the things we're going to talk about also is i'm going to talk about coaching which is a service i offer what is it and why you should have a coach then we'll move to another topic that's on my mind this topic has been on my mind because of an incident that occurred between two show hosts, Roland Martin of Roland Martin Unfiltered and Dan Abrams, host of the show News Nation Now. While I want to discuss the incident that occurred between the two hosts, I really want to discuss the phrase or the movement of defund the police. I will also revisit a topic we brought forth during the last episode, and that is the topic of the nomination of the first black woman to the U.S. Supreme Court, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Before we just jump into our topic for today, I want to thank all of you who have listened to the two previous episodes and are returning for another dose of me. <laughs> thank you very much, very much. I appreciate all the feedback, both positive and negative. I need all of that to grow. This is new to me and I'm growing and I'm trying to get better with it. First, I will say learning all of this is something new for me and I continue to try and learn more and become better. I also acknowledge that the first episode was very low volume wise as that was my first time recording. And from that, I did learn something about the volume control. Since we're on feedback, I'm going to kind of give you a bonus little bonus topic here as well uh, that I hope to get and I hope to tie that into coaching as well. The bonus topic is kind of going to be about unsolicited advice. <laughs> Amazing how you can get advice on just about anything. Now, when I first started out on this dream of mine, I sought advice from several people. I did not seek advice from other several people. <laughs> as well on purpose sometimes but those that i did not seek advice from did give me their advice or opinions which is also known as unsolicited advice we all are guilty of doing that even me i've given unsolicited advice sometimes and i have to think back to myself you don't like it when people do this to you why are you doing this to others <clears throat> When we learn someone is on a new journey or starting something new, we jump in with the I would do it this way or you should do it this way or try the way I did it several years ago. However, when I give unsolicited advice, I try to use it as a marketing tool and I may say something like my elevator pitch. Yes, I'm familiar with the issue or how to do it. I can help you with it or be a sounding board for any ideas you may have. Well, if you want to reach out to me, please do. And let's see what we can do together. Then usually after that, I leave it alone. And eventually the person either does or does not contact me. If they don't, I am fine with it because that person must decide for themselves if I am or if I'm not the right fit for them. Sometimes I'm not the right fit. <laughs> it happens. That's life. Normally, uh, if a person is a friend, 
by the way, there's very few people I have that fit into that category or an acquaintance, then I normally expect them to go with someone else. Business with friends, acquaintances, acquaintances is not a friendly business. Most of the time, if they fit in that category, I try to, to suggest someone else for them to use. I try not to do for the friends, but the friends I have coached and work with, they have been the basis of me starting this. So I am very appreciative to those friends who did trust me to work with them, help them with interviews and help them with some major decisions in their life. So I am thankful for them. However, I usually try to refer them to someone else and they know that the other person probably is going to charge a lot more than what I do. <laughs> However, I have had the experience from unsolicited advice from people who right now are red hot with me because I did not take their unsolicited advice. Uh, this also goes to the point that if you know me, then you would know when to give the advice to me and when not to. I do hear everything that's said to me. When someone gives me advice, I hear it. I may not listen to it per se, but I do hear it. Um, there's different variables there. It determines like what, who I'm listening to and what I'm listening to. Mostly because most of the unsolicited advice I've heard was straight up wrong. <laughs> and the reason I know it was wrong because the people I actually sought advice from are the ones that I trust to know what they are doing, what they are talking about. And they, they are people who have a lot of experience in what I am trying to do. And those who offer unsolicited advice usually does not have enough experience, if any at all. And they assume I have not researched this endeavor myself and talked to me as if they are the almighty authority on the subject. And I am Mr. Dum Dum. Yet they have no work to back them up on being the expert. I have. One friend, they know if I mention the air, then I am actually asking for their thoughts and feedback and information on how to improve on whatever subject I have brought up. Their advice is not unsolicited to me because we have a good understanding between us and we both have learned how to say the right things the right way so that we are receptive to each other. That does not mean that the feedback would always be positive, but it does mean that we value each other's opinion. The reason I value this person's advice is because they have set up and run quite a few businesses as well as coached several others on setting up their businesses. She's actually given me a lot of coaching myself years ago when we worked together. She would coach me on things and tell me, you need to go ahead and set up that LLC. You need to go ahead and do it. And she would tell me ways to do it and what, how easy it was to do. And I kept saying, no, I, it's not time. And I kept putting this off. But She's always been there. We are still in communication with each other, even though she's still back in Mississippi. I'm here in Georgia. We still communicate a lot about different things and I support her. She supports me. We tell each other different thing, things, advice. She gives me a lot of pointers. So I do appreciate her advice, whether solicited or unsolicited. And the reason I value some people's advice is because they've set up some things here recently in Dunstan, they know a lot of things, how things work. They understand how they work. They also know the current information about the setup process and what is needed to do A, B, and C. Then what, how to do X, Y, and Z. The people I actually approach for advice on setting up my speaking business, coaching, and consulting service are actively in this business right now. I have listened to as many of the free webinars and events that I can because I'm a member of Toastmasters, there are a lot of 
speakers and coaches out there that are doing well in this business. And I, I need to get on under their mentorship and be coached by a lot of them because they're out there doing this thing. And I mean, they are taking it to levels unbelievable. So a lot of times those are the people that are in my ear that are actually doing this. And that's why I'm listening to them for their solicited as well as unsolicited advice and other people. If you're not in this business doing it, there's very little advice that you're going to be able to give me that I find useful. Someone's going to say, Hmm, why are you that way? Well, if you want to know how to do something, you're going to ask someone that knows how to do it and you learn from them. And like I said, I've listened to a lot of free webinars. Uh, the next step is to become part of the webinar and services I have to pay for and become officially certified. Those are goals of mine I'm looking forward to doing. Some of the webinar hosts, I, I actually know them personally, and they've given me very sound advice. They've addressed the issues of what I have and don't have. <laughs> they have advice that just because I don't have item three, six, eight or nine does not mean I can't get it. And that's something I want to say to people that are listening out there. If you're looking to start up something or make a change just because you don't have everything perfect does not mean you can't start. You got to start somewhere. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row to start. And most of these people that are professional, that the friends that I know, they'll tell you they didn't even have ducks when they started. So as far as having a duck in a row, they didn't have a duck to start. <laughs> I'm trying to see where if I have a duck. Uh, the important thing to hear is those just start, learn, build and grow. Each and every one of those people that I've talked to that give me very good sound advice they tell they will tell me <laughs> about the advice of someone who is not actually doing what I'm doing right now. Don't take that advice. Take advice from the people that know because everyone thinks they know how to do something or how it works and acts until you actually do it. This is kind of how coaching works. Uh, when in the coaching business, uh, you basically you're guiding a person or a group of people uh, along their path to attain their dream or to see things within themselves that they don't see. And they, you see that um, light in them where they can take things further, go further. And they can basically take that dream and take that dream and turn into reality. It is not the coach's job to just put down on a person, which I had a lot of that people who assumed they were my coach and they gave me a million reasons why I shouldn't. And I kept waiting. You know, when you give, I'm the kind of person when I, I'm giving feedback to a person, I like to use the sandwich method, something good, something you can improve on, something good. I learned in one of my coaching classes, this coach, he doesn't like that method. But that's something I've always used. And I was wait, you know, I'm waiting like, okay, they're going to give me the middle of the sandwich first. They told me all these reasons why I shouldn't. They never told me any reason why I should. And I was like, whoa, why am I, <laughs> why am I listening to them? <laughs> so that's part of what being a coach is. It's kind of the guide you. It's kind of help you. If you don't have something, coach helps you get it. Uh, and again, like I said, I was told a lot of things that I didn't have in place at the time. I was very receptive to the information and I was listening. But then I, when someone tells me about, why I can or what's not here. My question to them is, is this a service you provide your business? My business can do business together. If I can't, then you can help me. I can help you. <laughs> Most of the time, the response is no. And after that, 
I was turned off from their advice because this conversation now is an argument and not one that could help me. And I'm trying to go forward because if I learn something, I'm going to try to help someone else. I'm always trying to pull someone else up. If I get across the board, the line, I'm always trying to bring someone else behind with me. And that's how we should be in our culture and our society. We should always be looking out to bring the next person on board. After getting a no, I'll turn to the person who not only inquired about what I did and did not have put together, but they were willing to help me get those missing items and insert them where needed. That's the job of a coach. If you don't have it all together now, I, the coach, help you get to that point. Like I say, you don't have to have everything perfect just to start, but to continue on, you learn, you build, you grow. And you and there will be some mistakes made along the way. Believe me, I've made some mistakes trying to correct some of them. Talk to some people that I do deal with and like, uh, yeah, you did that. Yeah, I did that one, too. <laughs> so that is why you need a coach, not only when starting out and formatting your business, you need a coach once you have launched your business and reaching new heights. Your business coach also helps you improve your business after lunch and guides you with a lot of the different steps uh, in your business. And you also the coach helps you with spreading your business, putting out there how to get customers, what what things you should do, items you should uh, make sure or highlight it that make sure you take care of this and make sure you're doing this. You're taking notes of this and you're always there to help guide that person. That's what coaching does. Also, it helps to run your business and help you keep your financial side of your business correct and running smoothly. Michael Jordan, greatest basketball player ever. Yes, I said that. Michael Jordan, after he made it to the top and he won all the accolades and won the finals, NBA finals, he continued to be coached on basketball. He also was being coached on the other side of being a top player. He was coached on how to handle the business of being rich and famous. So even after he reached the pinnacle, and I'm pretty sure even today, you know, he's retired making billions, someone's still there coaching and guiding him. And I know he does a lot of coaching to other people as well. So even after you get the business started and you're making the kind of money you want to make, you're doing your dream, your passion, you still need coaching. If you're looking to start your business or make changes in your life and a career, find a coach that can help guide you through these changes and make the transitions productive and smooth. Another subject that's been it's really been on my mind a, a lot. The words defund the police. Those are words that have been on my mind since they came to light during the protests after the murder of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and others by police officers. We will get into my thoughts on this phrase and movement later, but the issue that re-brought these words forefront in my mind was about the issue where Roland Martin, host of Roland Martin Unfiltered, was invited as a guest on the show News Nation Now, hosted by Dan Abrams. Roland Martin, per his statement, was being brought on to discuss what President Biden said in his State of the Union address about funding the police. Per Roland Martin, he was informed right before his appearance that he was going to be devil's advocate for defunding the police. Dan Abrams addressed Roland Martin about a series of tweets about defunding the police and that all police officers should be fired. The way the tweets were presented were as if 
These were original tweets by Roland Martin, not as they actually were responses to tweets concerning situations police officers were involved in. Dan Abrams put the tweets up on the screen, which Roland Martin was not privy to see. And the tweets on the screen only show the part that Roland wrote. But the other content to which Roland Martin was responding to was not shown. When Dan Abrams read the tweets to Roland Martin, Roland asked in response to what? Dan Abrams said these were original tweets. I must note I did not see the original episode, but I do follow Roland Martin on one or more social media platforms. And this is when I became aware of the situation. I since have watched an episode of Roland Martin Unfiltered where he discussed the situation and showed the entire tweet discussion in its entirety. After seeing the complete tweets and the clip from the News Nation Now episode, Dan Abram basically, in my opinion, defamed Roland Martin's name and slandered his character with the way he presented the information and his claim that these were original tweets. Dan Abram has invited Roland Martin back to defend his claims. However, Roland Martin has stated he would only return if Dan Abrams apologized to him, which I believe Dan Abrams owes Roland Martin a big apology. As far as I know, as of this time, Dan Abrams has not apologized. I did see a clip on YouTube where Dan Abrams admits and now shows the complete tweets and states that he did not have the complete tweets when he confronted Roland Martin on his show, which is why Roland Martin asked in response to what? Dan Abrams is claiming that Roland Martin has taken away from the con context of the issue of defunding the police. I should also mention that Dan Abrams either was or still the chief legal counsel for ABC News. So when he responded, he basically lawyered it. And you could basically see through that he was trying to chop it up and make Roland Martin look bad, which, again, he in my opinion, he defamed his name and slandered his character. That is not the point that Roland Martin was trying to make, that he wanted all police departments defunded and all police officers fired. He was not implying that when he was referring to the officers involved in the issues of the tweet he was responding to. Dan Abrams, again, in my opinion, owes Roland Martin a great, great big apology. Man, it needs to be public and as loud as it was when he was doing all the stuff on the show, trying to make basically Roland Martin look bad, like he was a supporter of defunding the entire police department and firing all police officers. That, that is not what he was intending. Anybody can see that when he's responding to specific tweets, which Dan Abrams actually said, Roland Martin, you need to be specific. How more specific can you be if you're responding to an actual issue? The statement he made about the situation into Roland Martin carries even more of a tune of defaming and slandering Roland Martin's name and character and discredits his true opinion on the topics of defunding the police and the firing of police officers. My opinion on the words or phrase of defund the police. <laughs> One thing Dan Abrams did stay correctly is that in this country, you're not going to just completely rid the nation of police departments. You're not. I do agree with this statement and do not think that police departments should be completely quote unquote defunded. And it should be noted that the phrase defund the police is supposed to mean reallocate some of the funds that go to police departments to create or fund a department that would deal with mental health issues and are issues that may not be a true police emergency. This would be people who are specially trained to deal with a person who is having a mental health issue and may not be able to or be of sound mind to obey the orders and directives of a police officer. Too many times have police officers been called for an issue dealing with a person having a mental health breakdown 
And in the end, the person is either shot or killed because their current mental state did not allow their mind to be able to comprehend an order or directive given by an officer. And the officer felt that their life was in danger from someone who was not in full control of their mind and body at the time. I don't like the actual phrase words defund police. I do believe some of the resources we should allocate resources for these mental health advocates or for a group of people who their goal or mission is not to go there and arrest a shoot I'm not saying that's what all police do, but it sometimes it doesn't require an arrest or it doesn't require. Sometimes it's just calming the matter down, bringing bringing people down. We still need the police to protect and serve and to protect the well-being of the community. We, I'll never say we need to get rid of all police and never make that intention. Just like Roland Martin, that was not his intended statement of all. He was referring to the officers dealing with a certain situation. Probably was found that the officers were in the wrong, but this was dealing with a certain situation. Not all police officers are bad or have ill will towards someone who is of a different race, belief or creed than they are. However, on that same note, there are some bad apples in police departments, as are in every entity of life. Police departments and police unions need to realize this. When these bad apples show their rottenness, then they should be held accountable for their actions and not covered up for or justified just because they were a police officer. I support police and what they do and when they do it correctly. I also support holding police officers accountable for their actions as well as inaction. Covering up or giving a person a pass just because they have a badge will never make anything right. Giving a person a badge does not exempt them from being human and having human thoughts and beliefs. When a person does something wrong, it is just wrong. Just like everyone else commenting on police departments and the issue of defunding departments, I too believe our police officers need more training. They need higher pay. You need to raise their pay. I probably the only one who will claim that police officers should be paid a lot more than they are paid. In most instances, a person goes through a program that lasts at least six to 11 weeks or a few weeks, few months to become a police officer. In some instances, it may be even longer. My opinion. This is not enough time to be fully trained, in my opinion. And I know someone's going to say, we've had great officers that were trained in less time. Someone's going to say that. The way this world is changing and the way this, the people in the world, the people that police officers serve, there needs to be a lot more training involved. This is my suggestion here. They probably won't take this to heart, but uh, I think officers should go through a two-year program at least. Similar to what a person would go through via a junior or community college to attain an A degree, more certified. Within this two-year program, the de-escalation ta tactics, for one, should be on the program. I know police departments are training de-escalation de tactics, but that needs to be key. That That's one of the things that needs to be key uh, when we're looking at training officers. I have never been a police officer. I know people who have been and just like we talked about starting a business coaching, unless you've been there, you don't understand it. And I admit, I don't understand the full thing of being a police officer. I appreciate them for what they do. It's a very dangerous job. But from what I see from the outside, my unsolicited advice, <laughs> that's one of the, some of the things we need to look at. De-escalation tactics, basic as well as advanced classes dealing with mental health. 
race relations and how to deal with people of certain races who are in fact afraid of police and basically do not trust them. Really realize, I hear this all the time, you should trust a police officer. Again, a police officer is a human being. They can have bias. They can mess up. They can do wrong. The goal here is that they don't. We don't want any police officer to mess up. I want the best for them. I want every officer to be safe. When I see officers sitting in the cars in the parking lot while I'm out feeding the hungry, you know, I'll be trying to look, make sure everything's okay. Someone hasn't done anything to them. I don't want anything to happen to any police officer or to any person or any person that they are detaining, arresting. I don't want, I want both parties to be able to walk away from the situation and be able to go home to their families at the end of the audition. Now, if you pick up a gun, you start firing at the police officer. Hey, they're going to take you out. At some point, you could have made that decision not to fire upon police officers. So don't get me wrong. I'm thinking like, oh, it's every situation. Every situation has to be looked at for the individual content. So, you know, if someone's doing something wrong and a police officer is actually in danger. Oh, yes, by all means, they, they have to protect their life and save their life. And when their life is actually in danger, I think police departments need to learn that the number of people they arrest and kill in the name of protecting civilians is not the only way to solve crime problems. Most minor arrests could have been handled differently and gotten the same, if not better results, except the city, county and our state would not have made any money from that process. That is a topic for another day about the fines and fees entities charge those who are charged with a minor crime. That's a different podcast. My final thought for this episode the nomination of Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Can you see my eyes dancing when I say her name? I knew this was coming, but I just did not know which form would be used this time. Tucker Carlson, host of the Tucker Carlson Tonight, has requested, or better yet demanded, the LSAT, that's the law school admissions test scores of Judge Jackson. I can't even believe that he wasted words like that to even come out of his mouth. This is all an attempt to discredit Judge Jackson as being qualified to serve on the highest court in the land. The only thing your LSAT, again, law school admissions test score does, is determine if a law school will consider you into their program. It does not determine how well of a lawyer one may become after completing law school and having a career in the field of law. Even once admitted to law school and completing, the grades one made does not determine their career and success and or failure of one's law career. Yet here I am wasting words over a wasted individual's wasted thought on a person who is probably more qualified than some of the people already sitting on the highest court in the land and probably many of those who will come after her. When I grew up, in rural parts of Philadelphia, Mississippi, went to a Baptist church out in the country. They used to sing a song titled, May the Work I've Done Speak for Me. Other parts of the song also state, May the service I give speak for me. And may the life I live speak for me. Judge Jackson is a very accomplished jurist, an accomplished woman, and is a very accomplished black woman. She deserves to sit on the U.S. Supreme Court. By being nominated, questions that pertain to her nomination 
and her ability to serve in this position and serving it to the best of her ability. Those are legitimate. May the words of that song be words enough to satisfy the legitimate questions for her expected role on the court. Well, my time here is done. That is all that is on my mind for now. Thanks to each of you for tuning in to this week's episodes. Thank you for allowing me to serve you. Please listen, like, share and subscribe to my podcast. And you can share it with your enemies, too. Uh, it does not have to be a friend. It can be an enemy or a stranger. You can listen to my podcast here on at anchor.fm slash C-H-E-T-R-O, Shayro. And I can now be here on Apple Podcasts as well. So make sure you give me ratings, five star ratings. Tell your friends, tell your enemies what Shayro thinks about it. If you want to reach me, I am on Facebook at Shayro Speaks. Instagram is Shayro underscore LLC. Twitter at Shayro. Trying to be active on Twitter more. Or you can email me at Shayro Speaks, C-H-E-T-R-O-S-P-E-A-K-S at gmail.com. We will re- release new episodes every week. You can also leave a voice message to me via the voicemail link on the podcast website. And if you would like to support this platform, please click the support button. Thanks for joining in. Oh, to become a better leader, communicator and speaker, learn about learn more at Toastmasters.org. Until next time, I am Shayro and this has been what Shayro thinks about it. Thank you.